Hi, everyone, and welcome to our first show of Porcelain Peak, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of all things horror and science fiction. My name is Randy. And I'm Anthony. In this show, we can discuss anything from movies, shows, books, games, or anything else that falls under the categories of horror and science fiction. Everything's really on the table. And for this month, we actually have something specific planned that we want to go through and share with everyone. So, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All right. So this month, what we're going to do is a 31 days of Halloween countdown for October. So each week, Randy and I are going to watch seven different movies. And then on each episode, we'll discuss those movies and give you the list for the next seven. And what movies are you going to watch by our next episode? This week, I have picked a movie called Splinter and the recently released The Nun. And then a a movie on Netflix called Veronica and a movie on Shudder called Hell House LLC. So I'm going to try my best to do only movies that are either in theaters or that are available to stream this month. And I get the short end of the list this week coming up, so kind of stress-free for me. But (laughs) (laughs) the uh, three movies I'm going to go ahead and see are going to be The Predator, which is recently out in theaters. I think it's been out for a little bit now. Um, Before I Wake on Netflix and Cube on Netflix. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I hear good things about, well, I hear crazy things about Cube, and I've never seen it. So, <laughs> I've seen all three of them, so you have to let me know what you think. There's not like a fourth one, or a sixth one? <laughs> no. As far as I know, just the three. But I've heard they're talking about remaking it, so no surprise there. I hope they get up to six, that way it can be like a six-sided <laughs> figure. Because right now it's just a triangle. Yeah. Should we, I guess, uh, maybe do like new, any news we've heard? I don't know of any uh, news related to horror. Um, I guess I I pay a little more attention to science fiction. Um, There's a movie, and I already forgot what it's called. I think it's called Battle Angel with the guy who plays the German bounty hunter from Django. Oh, uh, Christoph Waltz? Yes. Yeah, he's in it, and it looks like it's largely CG, and there's like this android girl, and she can apparently do crazy battle moves and it looks like she fights other android cyborg people i think it's going to rely heavily on cg and compromise its quality of story (laughs) but i'm probably going to go see it anyway because it looks like some good eye candy yeah that sounds cool i haven't actually heard of that one um but some horror news um robert england the guy that plays or played freddy krueger um is putting the makeup on one more time to do an episode of the Goldbergs of all things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I wish that they would just give that man whatever amount of money he wanted to just make him play Freddy in a movie one more time. Just like an unrefusable amount. It's been his choice not to. Yeah. He said he's too old. He said he won't be able to do the action like sequences. He would just be like, I mean, you can get a stunt double. Yeah. A lot of makeup, you know, it's true. And then um, some other news. They just released the first image of the new Chucky, or the doll, 
uh, I guess they haven't officially said he will be called Chucky in the uh, remake of Child's Play. Maybe he's going to start going by Charles. Yeah, maybe. Take a more mature approach. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because the guy that created the series um, wanted to keep making sequels, and the studio told him no, and then he made them with a different studio. (laughs) So that's why we got the last two Child's Play movies. And then I'm guessing because of their success, or somewhat success, the original studio, MGM, was like, nah, we're going to remake it now. And so now we're going to get a remake storyline and a continuation of the original storyline. It's pretty weird. So now we're going to have two two Child's Play uh, franchises happening and possibly a TV show from what I've heard. That's a lot of Chucky. It's a lot of Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Hope it doesn't get too cheesy. Yeah. I mean, that's very easy to do. Like, I think the, what, fourth and fifth one in the franchise were pretty silly yeah they seem like they get out there yeah. after a while <laughs> but that's uh that's all i got as far as the news goes all right well cool uh one other thing that we want to do on this podcast is share works of literature because i feel like literature is a very untapped source of uh entertainment especially for horror and science fiction uh there's so much good stuff out there and all we get is movies and i think we all know as much as someone might enjoy these niche genres of movies a lot of the movies don't do well or they're just not made well for whatever reason but you know literature is kind of hard to now it's not hard to mess up but literature is usually done better i think and your mind can kind of make up things that your eyes wouldn't normally see on a camera so we have some hp lovecraft here with us today and anthony is going to go ahead and read a short story from uh, this collection that we have And what is the name of the story, Anthony? All right. So this story is called The Cats of Ulthar, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Did you hear a bunch of cats just now? Yeah. Sure. I didn't. I'm just making sure you're crazy. (laughs) Tons of cats, man. All right. So you want to dive right into this? Yeah, go for it. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So again, this is The Cats of Ulthar by H.P. Lovecraft. It is said that in Ulthar, which lies beyond the river sky, no man may kill a cat. And this, I can verily believe, as I gaze upon him who sitteth purring before the fire. For the cat is cryptic and close to strange things which men cannot see. He is the soul of antique Egyptus, a bearer of tales from forgotten cities in Moreau and Orphir. He is the kin of the jungle's lords and heir to the secrets of Hooray and sinister Africa. The Sphinx is his cousin, and he speaks her language, but he is more ancient than the Sphinx and remembers that which she hath forgotten. In Ulther, before ever the Burgesses forbade the killing of cats, there dwelt an old cotter and his wife who delighted to trap and slay the cats of their neighbors. Why they did this, I know not, save that many hate the voice of the cat in the night, and take it ill that cats should run stealthily about yards and gardens at twilight. But whatever the reason, this old man and woman took pleasure in trapping and slaying every cat which came near to their hovel, 
and from some of the sounds heard after dark, many villagers fancied that the manner of slaying was exceedingly peculiar. But the villagers did not discuss such things with the old man and his wife, because of their habitual expression on the withered faces of the two, and because their cottage was so small and so darkly hidden under spreading oaks at the back of the neglected yard. As much as the owners of cats hated these old folk, they feared them more, and instead of berating them as brutal assassins, merely took care that no cherished pet or mouser should stray toward the remote hovel under the dark trees. When through some unavoidable oversight a cat was missed and sounds heard after dark, the loser would lament impotently or console himself by thanking fate that it was not one of his children who had thus vanished. For the people of Ulther were simple and knew not whence it is all cats first came. One day a caravan of strange wanderers from the south entered the narrow cobbled streets of Ulthar. Dark wanderers they were, and unlike the other roving folk who passed through the village twice every year. In the marketplace they told fortunes of silver and bought gay beads from the merchants. What was the land of these wanderers none could tell, but it was seen that they were given to strange prayers and that they had painted on the sides of their wagons strange figures with human bodies and the heads of cats, hawks, rams, and lions. And the leader of the caravan wore a headdress with two horns and a curious disc betwixt the horns. There was in this singular caravan a little boy with no father or mother but only a tiny black kitten to cherish. The plague had not been kind to him, yet had left him this small furry thing to mitigate his sorrow, and when one is very young, one can find great relief in the lively antics of a black kitten. So the boy, whom the dark people called Menace, smiled more often than he wept as he sat playing with his graceful kitten on the steps of an oddly painted wagon. On the third morning of the wanderer's stay in Ulthar, Menace could not find his kitten, and as he sobbed aloud in the marketplace, certain villagers told him that the old man and his wife and the sounds heard in the night. And when he heard these things, his sobbing gave place to meditation and finally to prayer. He stretched out his arms toward the sun and prayed in a tongue no villager could understand, though indeed the villagers did not try very hard to understand since their attention was mostly taken up by the sky and the odd shapes the clouds were assuming. It was very peculiar, but as the little boy uttered his petition, there seemed to form overhead the shadowy nebulous figures of exotic things, of hybrid creatures crowned with horn-flanked discs. Nature is full of such illusions to impress the imaginative. That night, the wanderers left Ulthar and were never seen again, and the householders were troubled when they noticed that in all the village there was not a cat to be found. From each hearth the familiar cat had vanished, cats large and small, black, gray, striped, yellow, and white. Old Cranon, the burgomaster, swore that the dark folk had taken the cats away in revenge for the killing of Menace Kitten and cursed the caravan and the little boy. But Nith, 
the lean notary declared that the old cotter and his wife were more likely persons to suspect, for their hatred of cats was notorious and increasingly bold. Still, no one durst complain to the sinister couple. Even when little at all, the innkeeper's son, vowed that he had at twilight seen all the cats of Ulthar in that accursed yard under the trees, pacing very slowly and solemnly in a circle around the college, to abreast as if in performance of some unheard-of rite of beasts. The villagers did not know how much to believe from a small boy, and though they feared that the evil pair had charmed the cats to their death, they preferred not to chide the old cotter till they met him outside his dark and repellent yard. So, Ulther went to sleep in vain anger, and when the people awakened at dawn, behold, every cat was back at his accustomed hearth, large and small, black, gray, striped, yellow, and white. None was missing. Very sleek and fat did the cats appear, and sonorous with purring content. The citizens talked with one another of the affair, and marveled not a little. Old Cranon again insisted that it was the dark folk who had taken them, since cats did not return alive from the cottage of the ancient man and his wife. But all agreed on one thing that the refusal of all the cats to eat their portions of meat or drink their saucers of milk was exceedingly curious, and for two whole days the sleek, lazy cats of Ulther would touch no food, but only doze by the fire or in the sun. It was fully a week before the villagers noticed that no lights were appearing at dusk in the windows of the cottage under the trees. Then the lean Nith remarked, that no one had seen the old man or his wife since the night the cats were away. In another week, the burgomaster decided to overcome his fears and call at the strangely silent dwelling as a matter of duty, though in so doing he was careful to take with him Shang, the blacksmith, and Thol, the cutter of stone, as witnesses. And when they had broken down the frail door, they found only this, two cleanly picked human skeletons on the earthen floor, and a number of singular beetles crawling in the shadowy corners. There was subsequently much talk among the Burgesses of Ulthar. Zath, the coroner, disputed at length with Nith, the lean notary, and Cranon, and Shang, and Thol were overwhelmed with questions. Even little Atal, the innkeeper's son, was closely questioned and given a sweet meat as a reward. They talked of the old caller and his wife, of the caravan of dark wanderers, of small menace and his black kitten, of the prayer of menace and of the sky during the prayer, of the doings of the cats on the night of the cavern left, and of what later found in the cottage under the dark trees in the repellent yard. And in the end, the Burgesses passed that remarkable law which is told of by traders in Hathig and discussed by travelers in Nur, namely that in Ulther, no man may kill a cat. All right, so uh, people don't kill cats in Ulther. Yeah, what'd you think? Have you read that one before? No, I haven't. Okay. I enjoyed it and I provided some imagery listening. Um, I mean, I kind of identify with the two old people that got killed, though. <laughs> I mean, I live in an apartment, and I think the apartment manager, like, 
is completely okay with stray cats because they, you know, they bring down any kind of other pest problems involving rodents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, man, like right outside my window, I swear cats are just doing cat business, you know, whatever it is that they do. And they just have to make so much noise and screech. And there's rocks outside the window, so like rocks kick up and I'm startled. And I'm allergic to cats, so. <laughs> so you would, uh. I don't know if I would kill any cats. I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, but, uh. I'm not a big cat guy either. Yeah, I guess, so. uh. I'm, now my reluctance is some kid with demon friends is gonna. Like, summon uh, his demons to possess cats and eat me. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. No, I thought it was cool. Um. I I think it went in a different direction than I expected it to. I thought it was going to be like yeah. the old people butchering cats and oh that's scary. But nope. Well they were they not? I mean they that's what they were doing, but I thought that's what it was going to go into like oh, the detail. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was like no, the old people got it. Yeah, so I'm assuming the cats ate them. Yeah, that's why the cats didn't eat yeah. for like 2 days after cuz they're all fat. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Licked clean, huh? <laughs> Yeah, animals do that, but... Uh, so maybe the message is, you know, be kind to all creatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, I, if we have to pick one. Even old people. Cats. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was a cool story. There's a ton of stories in this book. It's called the Necronomicon, or Necronomicon. And uh, we'll be cracking that thing open occasionally to, to read some books, stories. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I am not very familiar with like the works of H.P. Lovecraft. I know of him, and I know the stuff that he's contributed to to the genre and stuff like that. But I've never actually read one of his stories, so I didn't know what to expect, and uh, was not expecting that. <laughs> um, but you know, I guess thinking about it, he does have a kid like praying to weird gods which i think is kind of his thing so yeah it kind of is and so are like like extra extra dimensional i don't know like obscure creatures like yeah. supernatural creatures seem to be like a big part of what he does too because even some of the stories in there too go over like these ancient water dwelling beings and yeah cthulhu and stuff right yeah that too uh, but yeah i liked it yeah it was good read some more of it in the future all right, well, that's going to wrap it up for our first episode of Porcelain Peak. And we want to thank everyone for listening. We are currently in the process of getting everything up and running. So we'll have links and uh, some other forms of media for you guys to follow as we develop this show a little bit more. So thanks for listening. And again, I'm Randy. And I'm Anthony. And we'll see you guys in a week. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production.